You're welcome to church this morning. Um, I want to say a big thank you to Pastor for the opportunity to stand here and just share. Um, we'll just we'll still pray. Um, I'm a proponent that no matter the amount of words we speak, no matter the amount of oratorial dexterity or lexicon we give to people, what seals the impact is prayer. Paul writing to the church, I think in Corinth, he says, I did not come to you with excellency of speech, but with power, because that's the only thing that can get results. We're in a stage and we're in times where people are not waiting for your explanation. They are waiting for your manifestation. And these are the age and times where we find ourselves. Where we are meant to arise and manifest the life of God. No longer shall we explain in our little cocoon that, oh, I carry the life of Christ. But you want to go out there and manifest the life of Christ. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. Thank you so much, Lady Kems. Um, they send their greetings and um, I'm sure possibly they are watching. Thank you for this opportunity, sir. Papa and Mama. <laughs> so today we'll be um, just taking up from where Dr. Noah Woodruff, um, the communications we heard from DNW, um, talking about... Just a minute. Talking about accurate lifestyle. And there were six key um, drivers or key six points. You permit me, I'm a, I'm a consultant, so... When those words begin to come out, we are learning. So there are six key drivers that he gave to us, but uh, we are just going to take three out of them and um, we'll drill in as much as the Holy Spirit gives us utterance and we'll also unpack on Wednesday. Amen. So um, one of the first thing, one of the first points he mentioned is that no contamination service to the Lord. I remember that was the first thing he said and he read from the book of Malachi chapter 1 from verse 6 to 8. Malachi chapter 1 from verse 6 to 8. We'll do a bit of reading today. So, Malachi chapter 1 from verse 6 to 8. Whoever finds it can read it. Malachi chapter 1 from verse 6 to 8. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 1 from verse 6 to 8. Yeah. So it's here. It says, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. And if, if then I am the father, where is my honor? Where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. To you priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? You offer defiled food on my altar, but say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord? This was an agrarian society when uh, Malachi was having this communication um, from the Lord. And I like to con um, contextualize it in our day-to-day. -day. And I ask myself, in what way do I give God a very, very shabby and defiled offering? And one of the things the Holy Spirit was telling me is that, or how do I give God a defiled service? And the truth about that, it's not only, we don't serve God only in church. Every time you go to your work, you're serving God. Every time you work in your business, you're serving God. Every time you represent driving, you're serving God. I mean, I'm at fault in this driving. A lot of us, we lose temper and we lose God. <laughs> I just learned that word. You lose God when we are driving. And when we get back home, we have to go, I mean, get it right with God. But God is saying that in all of our services to him, there must be no form of contamination. Our lifestyle must depict the life of God. Our lifestyle must depict the life of God. Our dressing must depict the life of God. Our lingua, our vocabs must depict the life of God. I want us to read First Peter chapter 
2 verse 9 is a popular scripture. First, there are some scriptures that should pop whenever we hear them. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Now, when I was reading this, the Holy Spirit told me that, you know, when, when, when an Englishman wants to qualify a verb, he expands. So you are not just a generation, you are a chosen generation. You are not just any form of priesthood, you are a royal priesthood. You are not just any form of nation, you are a holy nation. You are not just any kind of people. You are a special people. And that shows the extent to which God has invested so much in us. And as I was studying this, the Holy Spirit says to tell someone that you are not just one singular entity. You are a generation. There's generation locked up inside of you. So that's why for every time you show up and you, you misbehave, you've misbehaved on behalf of a generation. It was said of Abraham that he gave tithes to Melchizedek on behalf of Levi because Levi was in his loins. So for every time you show up, for every time you misbehave, for every time you represent God, you are representing God as a nation. Because as a generation rather. Because that's who he has made us. You might not see it yet. It might not be apparent to you yet, but you are a generation. Because the Bible says that eternity is planted in the heart of man. So you are not just representing a singular person. No. So it says you are a holy nation. Why? That you might proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That means the whole investment of God is for one purpose. To sh that you might proclaim his praises. Proclaim his praises. And the question is, are the praises of God on your lips? Are his communications on your lips? And the truth about it is that you don't have to speak until you typify or you represent or you accentuate God's um, words. Our, our reflections, our position, our communications, our work, everything put together typifies God. And I'm drilling it down a little bit more. In your household, how do you represent God? The only person that can validate my Christian life is my wife because she's the closest to me. If my wife can say, truly, you're a man of God, then. But if your wife, <clears throat> for those of us that are married, if your children, if your siblings cannot accentuate or cannot confirm you are living a life of God, then we've not started yet. And the Bible says the only reason he has packaged you, he has made you a chosen generation, the only reason he has made you a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special people, is that you may proclaim his praises to him who called you out of darkness to his marvelous light. So when we are proclaiming, you cannot give God a default service, no. It has to be something that he would accept. For, I mean, for several years, I kept asking God, why? Why did you refuse the, um, the offering of Abel? Cain killed Abel. Why did you refuse the offering of Cain and accept the offering of Abel? In our Bibles, um, when growing up, they would tell you that um, Abel brought um, something good and Cain brought, Cain brought um, rotten uh, fruit and Cain, um, Abel brought this. But that was, that was not stated in the Bible. But one thing I heard God tell me is that if you can give God by faith, the first time blood was shed, I was ever shed was when in the Garden of Eden when God had to kill an animal to cover them. Blood was shed. Cain was not there. For every time sacrifice is required, blood must be shed. Nobody taught him. He moved into the realm of the spirit. And again, that's why we have to hear the voice of our father. He was able to move here and know that sacrifice always demands blood. And he was able to give that blood. And the sacrifice was accepted. Brothers and sisters, no matter the level of giving we give, if it's not according to the will of the father, then it's defilement. 
You can come here every day and sweep the church and do everything. But God says, I need you to be active in the workspace. And you are here in the church. You are wrong. <laughs> I was interacting with a missionary myself with my wife a couple of weeks ago. And she was telling us that in Dubai, if the police see you in mosque five times a day, seven times a week, they will come and arrest you. They will say, you are jobless, you are an activist, or you are, you are a terrorist. And they, they don't expect you to be in the mosque five times a week, five times a day to pray, seven times a week. You are, you, you are meant to be busy. That's kingdom mindset. How is it that they understand kingdom mindset and we, sons of God, don't understand it? So for us to be able to give to the Father a service that is not defiled, it has to be from his heart. The same thing with giving, the same thing with service, the same with everything we do, it has to be from the heart of the Father. The gift that is acceptable to a person is the gift that the man lives, that loves. I can't see man and I say, Emmanuel, because I love Gucci, I'll give you Gucci. Emmanuel might not love Gucci, but I know he loves Gucci. No, I not love Gucci. It might be that what he wants is just a million dollars. More like it, yeah. <laughs> you know, so we have to give to the person that deserves our service what he wants. And the only way you can get it is in the place of intimacy. That's why when Lady Faith was leading and she says, the secret place, it is very important. The secret place. That was why Paul, after all his revelation, after all his accent, he says that I may know you because there is a deeper realm of revelation. There's a deeper level. What we are doing is we are scratching. We are scratching. And if we will end this whole thing, then we need to go deeper. We need to go deeper. And deeper doesn't mean that we lock ourselves up 12, 7 days in a week and we are there 12 hours, 24 hours. If God demands that, then we give to him. But if God says, I need you between 1 to 2 a.m. or 1 to 2 p.m. during your break time, lock yourself up in the toilet and interact with me. If that was one, let's give it to him. Because the only service that is acceptable to the Father is the one that comes from his heart. Every other thing doesn't count. And the reason why church, at the church, the 21st century church, has derailed so much is because we give to God what we think he deserves. And like pastor will say, when God moves and we don't journey with him, we are exposed to demons. And that is where the church is. But God forbid, we will change the narration. And for the souls that are locked up, we will call them out. We will call them out. So we have to be actively, actively moving with the spirit to be able to give to God what doesn't amount to defilement. Anyway, that was what I got. So if it's not what you got, you know. So that was when he said, our service to God must not be contaminated. So everything I do, it has to be, it has to be. It has to be from the heart of the Father. And my brothers and sisters, it's not hard to know the will of the Father. It's not hard. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 12, it says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to approve what is good and perfect will of the Father. The Bible says it's the one that works in us to will first, then to do of its good pleasure. So the more you speak in tongues, the more you stay in the secret place, God begins to put a desire in you. I begin to de- tell yourself, oh, I'm, I think I want to go for a master's. I think it is time for me to own an apartment. I think it is time for me to get this. I think it is time for me to go into evangelism. That is the Father walking through your will. doesn't come better than that. And you can, op- you can open the scriptures. And he begins to speak to you from the scriptures. But oftentimes, if you stay in the secret place, he begins to walk through your will. Because it's the one that works in us. To will first, then to do of his good pleasure. But the caveat is you have to stay in the secret place. You have to be in the secret place. This thing about the um, contaminated service is so unique and is so, is so important to the heart of the Father. Paul, the Bible says Paul wanted to go and preach in Malta. I think it was Malta or, yeah, or Troas. And the Bible says that the Spirit forbade him. He was going to preach, but the Spirit forbade him. That's why Jesus will get to the... Uh, 
pool of Bethesda and you will just kill just one. The one man. There were myriads of them there. He will heal just one because he had to stay in line with the father. If just guys had done, gone there, he had done and he healed them, that would have amounted to defilement. And that's why I've heard pastors say this severally, that when you have um, the ability to be able to contain power, now this is my revised, uh, revised uh, version, ability to contain power given to you is discipline. So God can give you the gift of healing, but you walk into a place and you know that I'm just sent to just one person. I'm sent to just one person. And that is when our services will be accepted to God. And the Bible says that when Paul was sleeping, he said, God, he had a vision. He said, come to us in Macedonia. And when he got there, the Bible says, so mightily grew the word. Because there, the souls were waiting. That is how we can get results for the Father. It has to be in line. It has to be in line with the Father. The second thing, the second point he gave to us is honoring the covenant of Levi. Honoring the covenant of Levi. You see, I have to break this down in my own way because Dr. Noah Woodruff is, is feeding from somewhere. So I have to... You know, I'm basically what I was able to draw from that is that we are leaders in our rights everywhere we go. The whole system of Moses didn't work and end at the point of at, uh, at the law but Jesus Christ came and he embodied it at that time the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry out or to carry the ark and do the work of ministry on behalf of the children of Israel and this just simply typifies a representation God, need, God needing a representation of him here on earth and you've heard pastors say several that we are portals Men are portals. One of the greatest travesties that happened in the Bible was Jacob was running from Esau. Jacob, when he was running, the Bible says he got to Bethel. And at that point, the Bible says he didn't know that God was here. And at that point, he had to slave 14 years. Because when he placed his head on the, on, on, on the, on the stone, the Bible says angels were ascending and descending. He didn't know. He woke up, he said, and he didn't know that God was here. That was the greatest travesty that happened. And after that, 14 years he slaved. But when he was getting back, when he was going back, the Bible says when he slept, and the, and the same angel appeared to him, he wrestled with him, he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. He had learned his lesson. So men are portals. And we have to know that for everywhere we stand, we represent the Father. And the question that I ask myself, how am I representing the Father? In my dressing, how do I represent the Father? I mean, one of the things, this wasn't what I wanted to wear today, but as I woke up, the Holy Spirit changed it. We have to be that fluid with Him. Everything we do, we have to be able to represent the Father. In our families, how do we represent Him? At our place of work, how do we represent Him? Here in church, how do we represent Him? One of the things I learned early in life is to know that Christianity is not practiced within the four walls of the, of the church. No. The Bible says, let your light so shine before who? Before men, not before Christians. So that they may see your good work and glorify your Father in heaven. So my good work is not meant to be done here. My good work is out. And pastor has said it severally. We come here so that he builds us up and we go out to do the work of the ministry. So if you are not doing the work of the ministry, then you are not doing the will of the Father. And we are all pressed by you. We are all sent ones. Apostles. Apostles are the sent ones. And this is who we are. And that is why we are seated under the apostolic function and uh, ministry. So that we can go out and emblemize the life of God. Lady Wombs, when she was leading on Sunday, on Wednesday, she still, she asked the question, how many of us can die for this gospel? How many? I mean, we, we see this we, we hear kidnapping. We hear so many things and I wonder what the church, the prayers, I'm sure the prayers we are praying is not what, the, what God wants us to pray. We pray against kidnapping. Is that what God wants us to pray about? I believe all these things, God is using to stir up the church. How many of us, if they round us up and say that, renounce Christ, are you ready to renounce Christ? How many of us renounce Christ? And I keep saying, what have you seen? 
if you've seen the glory, if you've seen the glory, there's nothing in this world that compares to that glory. There's nothing. And the only thing that can make us stand in accurate representation is when we stay in everything ties back to intimacy. Intimacy. That is why a Peter that was fidgety and and denied Jesus just because a a, a maid girl spoke and accosted him. He denied Jesus. But the Bible says after the Holy Spirit came, he spoke and that same day 5,000 was added to the church. What more transformation can happen to a man? And one of the things I learned, I, I, I learned about fire. Lady, Lady Faith was there and she was talking about fire, refiner's fire in the place of intimacy. Two things. Fire, it's that fire burns you. If fire doesn't burn, it denatures you. If you put fire, if you put gold in fire, it doesn't burn. It only denatures it, right? It changes from solid to liquid and purifies it. So if you come in contact, if you are constantly in that secret place, something must happen to you. It was said of the disciples. They knew that this was happening with the Father. They knew by their speech, their lingua, it had changed. It had changed. So we have to go to that place of intimacy so much so that when you stand, they will know that something is different about you. A few weeks ago, I went to visit my parents whilst on duty. And to the glory of God, they knew that something has changed. That is how much we should be able to touch this thing. That is how much. Enough of explanation, enough of speaking in tongues is good, but that speaking in tongues has to yield results. If the speaking in tongues is not generating enough power that is yielding results, then we've not started. The apostles were sold out. And the Holy Spirit asked me one day, told me, the way you are living your life, this Christianity you are practicing, assuming you are the only Christian on earth, will you be able to hand it over to the next generation without contamination? And it will carry the same efficacy and efficiency like the apostles handed over to us. Another question. If the whole Bible in the world was eroded and there is no e-Bible, what will people read? Can people read your life and to direct them to God? Because after all, what we are reading is accounts of people that had encounters with God. So can people read your life and have encounters with the Father? Are you inundated with the spirit of truth so much so that when people meet you, they will have contact with the Father? That is how much we are meant to stand in representation of God. That's why I loved when we started talking about prophetic evangelism. Yes, we will preach, but it has to be strategic. It has to be strategic. Jesus Christ meeting the woman at the well and he said, give me, give me, give me water. Let me, let me have some water. We have to be very, very, we need to have a bit of panache to be able to communicate. If Jesus Christ was not an effective communicator, he wouldn't be able to, I was going to say chike, he wouldn't be able to have that uh, conversation with the woman and then conversation. For some, that might just be the key. God needs us to go and work on our communication skills because that's what the father needs. I grew up as a stutterer, but God knew he needed my lingua. He needed my vocal cord. So he healed me. And when I knew that I was healed, I went for it. I went for it. So there's something the father demands of us. And he's not speaking in tongues that will sharpen it. It's knowledge. It's knowledge. Go for knowledge. The Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The only thing that will renew your mind and give you a place is knowledge. It was said of Daniel that he understood by reading of the books that the children of Israel should spend just 70 years. Timothy writing to Paul, writing to Timothy. He says, study to show yourself approved. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. You need to study. We need to know these things. Some of us, if Jehovah witness corner you like this, you are gone. You won't be able to accentuate the word of God and tell them that this is the stand of God on this issue. You say it is well, Sha. Don't worry. Let's end the conversation. That's not the will of the Father. The children, the, the, the apostles did not gain grounds like that. They knew the word. They became one with the word. 
And that was how they were able to give the word. It was life. That's why Paul said, the words that I speak, their spirit and their life. It was said of the apostles on their way to Emmaus. Jesus Christ joins them and he began to he, they, 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 began, they began to have tete a tete. And at the point where Jesus Christ sat to break the bread and he disappeared, the Bible said their eyes were all opened. And he said, did our hearts not burn within us whilst he spoke to us? How many of us can hold conversations with people and their heart will begin to burn within them? That is how much power the word of God carries. And the only way we can get there is when we become one with the word. That is the only way we can stand in representation. Jesus never said anything loosely. He said all the was like, well, since you are not useful to human being, today, no more will hit, no one will eat of you again. And that was it. He never said anything loosely. And for everything he said, we saw the result. It was said of Samuel that none of his words fell to the ground. And those were the people that didn't even have the Holy Spirit. How much more us that the Spirit of the Father resides within us? Need to run. So that's my own interpretation of honoring and standing in alignment like the Levi did. Levi did. Then the last one is to conduct our marriages before the Lord. For those of us that are married here, one of the institutions that the devil attacked the most is marriage. And two reasons. Number one, the devil is very, very lonely. It's very, very lonely. The devil is very, very lonely. The Trinity functions as one. They are never separated. They function as one. So the devil is always very lonely. So anywhere he sees unism, he will scatter it. Secondly, he's always after the seed of a good marriage. So the devil will never allow marriages to work. By God's grace, we are 12 years. And we've seen so many of our friends. Amen. Thank you. We've seen so many, so many of our friends' marriages breaking up. So many. And that's because the vicissitude of life comes against them. And the question is, how are we honoring the Lord? And I love this. Um, I was reading this uh, portion in Ephesians chapter 2, where Paul was speaking to the Ephesians church that husbands should honor their wife. And guess what? The word honor there means price, gifts, lavishment, honor. That is what honor is. If, and I'm not saying it has to be all money, but there are other ways you can honor your wife. Our marriage needs to stand in representation. And I'm not so much of the PDA, public display of affection that we see everywhere on Instagram and the rest. All those things are just facade and charade. But we need to be able to say, my marriage will stand and emblemize the unity that stands between the Father and the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, two shall become one. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's a mystery that the devil doesn't understand. And it's a mystery that the Father wants us to, 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 to explain and show to the world. And the truth about that, when there's sanity in our marriages, there's sanity in our community. That's what one of the things he mentioned. That the only way we can heal our community, the only way we can heal our, a nation, is when the family unit is healed. Guess what? God needed a, God needed a generation. He started with Adam and Eve. God needed to redeem a generation. He started with Joseph and Mary. So if God will heal our land, it has to start with our, our marriages and our homes. And I'm charging us for those of us who are married and those of us who are yet to be married, that our home, our marriages needs to have a vision. The question is that what's the vision? So many of us, we have vision statements. Our organizations have vision statements, right? Deji, we all have vision and mission statements. The question I'm asking is that for your life, do you have a vision and mission statement? For your marriage, is there a vision and mission statement? Some of us just live our lives to chance, but by God's grace, I die know by one of the things I trust the Holy Spirit, those will begin to whisper words into our spirit here this morning. That our marriages will emblemize and typify the unity that, is, that, 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 that exists between the Father 
and the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, he says in the book of John, he says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear my father, I do. That is why my judgment is always right. The only way our judgment can be right is when we are one. One of the ways I've seen my answer get, my prayers get answered quickest is when I'm in unity with my wife. Quickest. Quickest. Anytime we fight, things just go down. I don't know the mystery there. I don't know. It's just a mystery of godliness. The two coming together, becoming one. So if that is what Father wants, then I have to give it to him. And the truth about it in marriage, you are laying down everything. You are laying it down. And you are taking up a new identity that the Father will define. So I can come here and say, this is how we should run your marriage. You know, it's unique, it's bespoke. So you are coming into the marriage and you are laying down your identity and you are taking up an identity that Father has given to you because the two will become one. So I charge us, brothers and sisters, that we, as we go in this journey and in this race, we begin to tell ourselves that we will stand in place of accurate representation of the Father. As a person in our services to God, in our life to God and in our marriage, we will stand in accurate representation. And everything ties down to intimacy with the Father. In marriage, intimacy without marriage, um, the lawyers in the house, I learned can be annulled, right? After some couple of months. If there's no intimacy, if the, a marriage is not married until it's, consumed, it's consummated with intimacy. So on the ground of non-intimacy, the marriage can be annulled. Am I correct? We know these things by the Spirit. <laughs> it can be annulled. So in the same vein, if you say you are in relationship with the Father and there is no intimacy, your relationship is annulled. Your relationship is annulled. That is why so many, I mean, Pastor, I've heard him say this severally. You don't prepare for war in the day of war. You prepare for war in the day of peace. The only time you will know what you are made of is when danger faces you. When you are traveling and you see terrorists and they circle around the car and it's everybody. And so, what will come out of you? Is it fear or you remember a word? If it's fear, then that means you are still at the road. But if a word jumps out, that is the word that is from the, that's what called revelatory word. Revelatory word. And yes, we are still humans. Yes, fear can come. But after fear, what happens? If the fear cripples you, then it's wrong. But if the fear raises up a holy anger within you and you begin to decree words, that is it. That is it. That is where the Father wants to take us to. I have vowed that enough of explaining Christianity to my generation. No way. I was born up a, I was born a Christian, raised up in a pastor's house. But when I showed up this last time, they knew that I've contacted something. They knew it. My family knows that I've contacted something. We have to get to that point where the people closest to you will know that you've contacted something. On my job, they know. They know. I have a director that nobody in my office follows my church. I have a director that is very, very tough. And I just saw my appraisal, my last appraisal, like, yeah, not, not if he rates me this well, then uh, I'm not doing badly. I'm not doing badly. And the only way I could get that is by the help of the Holy Spirit. I work in a sector I've never worked before, but the Holy Spirit in is enhancing my wisdom. The Bible says it's the spirit of truth. It can guide you into all truth. It can guide you into all truth. In this life, we are not born to struggle. No. We are not born to struggle. He is the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of truth. The Bible says when he comes, he will guide us into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. No need to struggle. No need. The Bible says he will take what is of the Father and he will give to you. And you always know what to do. The Bible says you will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way to go. Walk in it. 
and you begin to function like a genius, but they will know that your secret is the intimacy, is intimacy. And that is where the father wants to bring us to. It's not the will of the father that we struggle. All he wants is calling for intimacy. Intimacy. And my prayer this morning is as we leave this place, I will stir up an hunger. The Holy Spirit will stir up an hunger within us that will drive us into intimacy with him. Into intimacy with him. Someone told me once, if you know a subject matter, more than you know God, more than you know the Bible, more than you know the Holy Spirit, then you are wrong. Because you are meant to know him more than any other person. The same way I'm not permitted to know any other human being more than my wife. That's the same way the father is craving for intimacy. And the only way we can stand in accurate representation is when we stand with him. That was why God particularly gave a dress code to the priest so that when he stands, he will stand in accurate representation. It will demystify, it will, it will cover up everything that is flesh. Even one Aaron's children died. God gave strict instruction, do not cry. Because he was going to taint what he was carrying. And that is where, this is where the father wants to bring us to. A place where you wake up in the morning and you know that you are not meant to go through this route. You change your route and you hear that five minutes, bandits just went that route. You wake up in the morning and as you're going to walk, you just hear by the spirit, speak this word to this person. And as you begin to declare those words, you see that person will break down and you capture a soul for Christ. You wake up in the morning and God will just direct you to a website. And once you open the website, all your answers, all the questions you've had, you will see it on the website. It is the spirit of truth. It will guide you into all truth. All truth. There's no limit to his knowledge. The reason why we struggle so much, and it seems as if the bond women are doing better than us, is because we've not stayed in the place of intimacy. And if we are not in the place of intimacy, we can't represent him accurately. The reason why we struggle in marriage, on our job, even in finances, except we are going through a process, is because we've not stayed in the place of accuracy. It's the one that causes our hands to war. You never lose a battle. You can show up for every interview and out of the whole lot, they can take only you. That's what the spirit of truth can do. You can be one of the things I've, that has gotten hold of my spirit is I can never die in a car accident. Never. So if when I'm traveling and the taxi driver decides to die, if he hangs on a tree, I'll just be there outside the car. It has laid hold of my spirit. It has laid hold of my I know it. The same way I know that father is a loving father. The devil cannot lie to me otherwise. He is a loving father. You need to come to that place of intimacy that you have those words. The psalmist, he said, I know that my redeemer liveth. I know. What do you know? What do you know? Because when the evil days come, it's not if, they will come. If they will come, they will come. Marburg virus is already gaining grounds. Monkeypox is gaining ground. If they will come, what do you know? The psalmist says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High, this secret place, shall abide on the panoply of the Almighty. And he will say, He is my refuge and my fortress. In him alone will I trust. I won't trust the dollar. To a naira that is 660. In the morning it was 650. At night it was 660 yesterday night. I won't trust it. Because we spend from the treasure house of heaven. We spend from the treasure house of heaven. Oh, Oh, Sivikato, Labandeskeida Parakenda Sinamahatos. 
Elo sivakina mahati Eshoto pata kende peludi akpanasa ndekeli anamande He that dwells in this secret place Alepote peranda sakali ananda monakos the secret place even and I hear the spirit says come up either come up either come up either you're on this mountain long enough break break come up either come up either hear us Forgetting you version of yourself makes the body merge. But until you come up either, you cannot become. Come up either, come up either. For I want to show you another version of yourself. Come up either. I ask Elias, 
matchless name we've prayed. Amen. Brothers, what we've done here is just one thing. I plead with us, let us go home and let's tear it up. It's, a, it's consecration that feels Holy Spirit, give me the word. Consecration fuels sustaining a grace or an encounter. So you can come there and contact something. But it's what you do after that will sustain it. When you leave here, what do you go and do? Do we go wash it off with a movie? What you do after when you leave here is what sustains what you've contacted. I plead with us. Let us go home and let us let us stay with the word. There has to be more. This can't be everything about God. He can't be. He can't be. Do you ask like I ask? This can't be everything now. There's no fit be everything about Christianity. There's got to be more. When God needed Philip to, to, to speak to the Ethiopian eunuch, the Bible says he moved. After he preached to him, he moved, he disappeared. And he found himself in Azotus and started preaching. And I've said this over and over again. We are beginning to walk in the powers of the age to come. When God will need us to speak to the king of Saudi Arabia and you just translocate, you find yourself in his palace, you give the word and you, you move. Or we need you to give words in two places. You bilocate. And you begin to give word in Saudi and Kuwait. And you begin to give the word. That is the powers of the age to come. Famine is still coming. And it will so hit bad. But for those of us that stayed in intimacy, God will begin to send ravens to us. All those things are there, not for us to just read. It's types and shadows of the possibilities of the life that we can live in. And a time will come when we won't be able to buy and sell. But for those of us that stayed in intimacy, you just lay your hand on the gary and the oil to just multiply it to end. It's there for us for the taking. This can't be everything. I can't be serving God because I want to wear good clothes. That can't be it. I need to establish a kingdom for my father. And when kingdom comes, they legislate. When Britain, when Britain came to the country, they came with their own kingdom. That is why I can be wearing suits. They turn everything upside down. That's what God wants us to do. Taking kingdoms for him and legislating his mandates here on earth. That is the heart of the Father. Jesus Christ, after he rose from the dead, 40 days, he started teaching them about the kingdom because that is what is paramount on the heart of the Father. As you leave, ask yourself, how well do you know the kingdom? One, how well are you legislating the principles of the kingdom? Because until you know the kingdom, you can't legislate it. And the only way you can know about the kingdom is knowing the ruler in the kingdom. Ties back to intimacy. Everything intimacy. Thank you so much. Amen. <laughs>